Hey there on this July 18, 2021. It's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett Long, and I believe you're connected to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Well, good morning to everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing, and we are glad in. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious, eternal Father, we honor you this morning. We praise you. We give your name the glory. You are do all that we can give you. It was you that woke us up this morning and clothed us in our right mind. You gave us the activities of our limbs. And we honor you, Lord, for that. And it's because of you we live, we move, and we have our being. We thank you, Lord God, for the ability to see, hear, to smell, to taste, and touch. We thank you, Lord God, for every, every bone, every muscle, every joint. We thank you for every organ, every system of our body, every vein, and every nerve. We thank you for allowing those to operate in the perfection that you created them to function. We thank you, Lord God, for the finished work of the cross. And so we thank you, Lord God, that we can come to you. And God, if anything that we've done, aware and unaware, that is sin, that is unpleasing in your sight, Father, we come to you right now and ask you for forgiveness. You will wash us with your blood and cleanse us. And we thank you because you are faithful to that, Lord, and therefore therefore you call us your righteousness. And we are your righteousness through our son, Jesus Christ. And therefore we look, you look at us as your sons and your daughters, and we thank you for that. Father, we honor you, Lord God, because you are to be praised. You are to be honored from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. You are worthy to be praised. We honor you with the fruits of our lips. We give you words of praise and glorification unto you, the righteous and loving God. There is none like you. And Father, for that cause, we get, we praise you this morning. We thank you for this morning, God, that you allowed us to see the sunshine breaking through the crowds, clouds. And we thank you for being there, the birds to sing and, and rejoice in, in who you are. And so therefore, we decided that we are not going to allow our birds we are not allow the trees to outwave us and, and the birds to outsing us. We're going to give you the praise. And Father God, as we come this morning, as we come together as a group to pray, there are many things and needs that we have that is, has collected during the course of the week and the course of, 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 of this week. And God, we just come to you, Lord God, right now, and we bring them and we drop them at your feet. And, Lord God, we just said, Lord God, have your way. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Lord God, as we pray this morning, we pray, Lord God, that your will will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us the power to pray and to pray to a true and living God. There is none like you. Lord, there are some of us that have been walking with you for a long time. There are some of us that just started walking with you. But I thank you, God, for either case, Lord God. You're still God, and you don't judge us about how long we walk with you. Only thing, Lord God, you care that we do walk with you. 
And God, it's our pleasure to walk with you and talk with you. It's, it's our pleasure to know that you are our own. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us shelter. We thank you for giving us food, clothing. We thank you for giving us the necessities of life. All of us may not have everything that we desire and really want, but God, you, you have held your end of the bargain. Your word says that you shall supply all of our needs according to our, your riches and glory. And we thank you, Lord God, for supplying that. We thank you for giving us what we did when we needed and how we needed. We thank you for touching hearts and giving us favor. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us direction and which way to go. God, no one could do that but you, and we praise you, Lord God, for that. And God, we don't take it for granted. God, you work miracles. You allow us to go through danger seen and unseen, and we thank you for that. And Father God, we come this morning. We have some concerns that's on our heart. And Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, for those who are dealing with sicknesses and those who are dealing with ailments. And God, we come and we bring them at your feet now. We bring some of our, we bring our problems, our sicknesses, our heartaches, things that we are dealing with in our physical body. We come and we bring it now. We drop it at your feet. God, you said we cast our cares on you, Lord God, that you will, you, 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 you will take them, Lord God. You said, Lord God, that we come and we, and we ask of anything that you are faithful to do it. You are faithful, God. You didn't bring us this far to leave us. You kept us this far, and God, you will carry us on. And Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would touch the, those who need healing. God, I pray, God, you would touch those who, who need a touch on their bodies right now. Some people need miracles, Lord God. Some people need to be touched, Lord God, in and, and such a way, Lord God, that, that, that it would establish the doctors of how fast that they recuperated and came around. God, I pray, Lord God, for the situation, Lord God, that's going on in the, in the, in the, in the, in the family of my, my dear mother, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would touch right now in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that your healing power, your miracle-working power will touch and it will be done, Lord. I pray that which that the doctors don't understand and don't know which way to go. But you made the body. You know everything about the body. And, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you will give answers, that we will know exactly what to pray for. I pray, God, that you will give answers, that they, that their physicians would know exactly how to treat them. Lord God, we just pray, Lord God. Oh, God, we drop it at your feet, Lord. God, we come to you because we can, Lord God. And, Father, we pray, Lord God, that all the attacks that is going on in our lives as it relates to our physical bodies, we pray, Lord God, even things that have been passed on the generation through bloodlines. Lord God, we just pray, God, that you will even touch that and remove that and heal that and correct that in Jesus' name. Lord, you said that the curse died on the tree, Lord God, and so therefore you, you bared our sicknesses and our diseases so we wouldn't have to carry them. Oh, God, and Lord God, we drop them at your feet this morning, God, and we say, here it is, Lord God. Lord, do it like we, like we know that you can. Lord God, we know that one of these days we're going to transition into that life, that eternal life, with that new body and that new home. 
Lord, Father, also, but while we're here, Lord God, we are dependent upon you, Lord God, and trusting in you. God, either way, Lord God, we know, Lord God, you are our God, and we trust you in every situation. Some trust in the doctors, and they put all of their hope in the doctors is what they said. But we trust in you, oh God, that God, that you will work miracles, love God, that you will make a way out of no way. That's the type of God you are, and we praise you for that, and we glorify you, Lord God. And as we come this morning, God, we just pray, God, that you will just have your way. Have your way, Lord God, in Jesus' name. At this time, I would like to take these next few moments, and as we prayed this morning, we didn't go into a lot of stuff, and we just want to pray a general prayer, and, and, and especially all the, everybody has some needs in their bodies and needs uh, of miracles as it relates to our flesh, and, and maybe that wasn't your area this morning. But you know what? God hears your prayer, always hears your prayer. He never turned a deaf ear to his children. He loved you too much to do that. But we just want to take a few moments and just talk to the Lord this morning for yourself. Take these few moments and tell the Lord, Lord, here it is. He is that this and he is that that. And I want you, Lord God, just take it, Lord God, and do what you. It might be that child, it may be that home, it might be, it may be the, a government situation. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Right?
Father, you heard, you are hearing that you cry, your children, you heard their requests. Lord God, and I pray, God, and I stand in agreement with whatever they ask for, Lord God. Their, their prayers and their requests is just as important in their minds as anybody else's. And Lord God, we thank you for it. And we give your name to praise. God bless your service this morning. Bless our pastor as he brings forth the word. Give him the strength that he needs to do that this morning. He needs that strength this morning. I pray, God, that you will use him out of his tiredness. Use him out of his struggles. Use him this morning to bring forth a word, to bring healing and deliverance. Oh, God, we thank you. We praise you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. to our rescue. There's a song we used to sing in the church. If you call upon the Lord, he will come to your rescue. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. And welcome to the first virtual church. And today, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we're rejoicing and we are glad in it. We're so glad that all of you was able to arise this morning and join us in this morning service. I'm pretty sure you're pressed. You're all getting out of your comfort of your bed and making your coffee and sitting waiting for the word would not be in vain. I'm pretty sure, matter of fact, I really, I could put my life on the line for it. God has a word for you today. And on the behalf of the pastor and first lady, we just like to bless you and welcome you and and just pray that you receive, uh, ready to receive of the Lord. Go ahead and take somebody, the number, and tell them, go ahead and join us this morning. And let's see what the Lord has to say to them as well. Well, we thank you for joining us this morning. Sit back and let's get ready for this wonderful ride. Well, good morning, Brother Dennis. Good morning, sir. Another beautiful day in the Lord, right? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is. Actually, one thing, you know, I, you could uh, actually roll over and grab your phone and uh, just sit up in bed and enjoy the Lord. What a way to get up. What a way to start your day. So, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You know, this past week, we had uh, kind of a, a, a different week. Temperatures uh, hanging around in the 90s, a little uncomfortable, but, uh, you know, the Lord has plans for all of us, the plans for each day as, as we go through, you know, sometimes you uh, you have to suffer to get to the end of the, the journey, and, uh, you know, uh, no matter what it is, uh, whether it's a physical uh, 
discomfort or mental discomfort. Sometimes we, we all struggle with that. And uh, this past week reminded me of that with the weather the way it was up and down and all around. Uh, last night I was uh, in the backyard with uh, a group of my friends and uh, in the shade. And it wasn't real bad. It was tolerable. The wind was uh, blowing, got a little break. But the main thing is we had a chance to to fellowship and have a good time and you know that's always important you know sharing time with friends and family but it's also uh, important to spend time with the Lord this past week I've had, had an opportunity to, to share the Lord with uh, a young man and he uh, he decided that that was what he needed he needed Jesus in his heart so we had a nice conversation and, and some nice prayer so you know every time you you uh, open the door for someone else to join us that's a that's a great thing so i praise god for that and, you know we should try to do that everyone should has that opportunity you know we are all we are all a part of, of what god has uh, for us in the way god lays lays things out for us and if, uh, and that brings me to first corinthians uh, chapter 12. Uh, you know paul talks about uh, what we are and, and uh, who we are. And uh, we're going to look at two verses today in First Corinthians 12. Uh, we're going to look at 12 um, and 13. So, uh, and let's yeah, see if I can get situated here. It says, uh, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its Parts are many; they form one body. You know, uh, so it is in with Christ. For we will all, we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body. Whatever, where, whether Jews, Greeks, slaves, were free, all, and we were all given to one Spirit of one spirit to drink. You know, as Paul is telling us, you know, our, the church is made up of, of a lot of different people. The, the, our bodies are made up of a lot of different parts. You know, I, uh, uh, as we all go through some trials and tribulations, you know, we know that uh, things aren't always easy. You know, things aren't always like we expect. You know, I, uh, it's amazing how God makes the body to to compensate, you know, for things that maybe not be working right. Other parts of the body step up and help out. And this is what we should do, you know. We were all baptized in one spirit. We were all baptized in the name of Jesus. And we should work with each other and bring each other uh, and uplift each other and support each other. And when one of us falter, we should be there to help lift them and, and, and cover them with prayer like we do every Sunday morning before we start. We cover the body of, of believers at the, the virtual church with prayer and, and pray for each one, uh, one of us and, and uplift us uh, to protect us from the evil one uh, that comes and tries to trample on who we are and tries to dissuade us from, from what we believe. But we have to be strong. We have to be strong in ourselves and, and, and what we believe in. As long as we have Jesus on our side, you know, no one else can, can uh, 
can pull us down or tear us up. You know, the Lord is our our guide, our our shepherd, our protector, and uh, you know, our provider. And He knows He knows what we go through and, and what we're trying to uh, uh, just be who we're trying to be. And and we should be that with with the Spirit of God. You know, God gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us and to protect us. You know, uh, just like I told the other hand, I said, you know, there are times when sometimes uh, we have to uh, uh, remove ourselves from a situation so we don't become angered by our shortcomings. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I know in my own life when uh, things started getting a little rocky and I started feeling this this anger boil up in me. I'd, I'd have to uh, take take time and say, "Oh, wait a minute. Excuse me for a minute. Let me go. I need to do something right now." And just turn and walk away, and, and just to the Lord, Lord, I'm having a problem. I'm getting really upset with this person or this situation. Please, please, Lord, give me the strength to say the right things and not to not to lash out in in the wrong way. Uh, you know, I don't want to damage. My my testimony. I don't want to damage my my belief in you. So please help me. Just help me not to be who Satan wants me to be. You know, and and, and remember that. You know, um, it, it, we have to understand that. You know, life is what God gives us, and we must live that life the way in the spirit of God that He provides for us. And we must open that book and read it. And, and use that pathway. Use that book to guide us. No matter what we've gone through, it's still there. No matter how old it is or how worn it is, it still gives us the, the things to do and the, and the right things to, to say. This, the Spirit of the Lord is alive in the Bible. And as long as we open that Bible, He feeds us. He feeds us on a daily basis and gives us the strength we need to face, whatever it might be. We all go through trials, and we all go through tribulations, and we all stumble at times. But we know that as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, that we will get through our trials and our, and our, and our problems, and we will come out on the other side. We all come out the way Jesus and the way God has provided for us. So we must remember that. So we are all a part of God's family. You know, I've said that quite a number of times, that we are family, and we have to remember that. We are a family. We are one family in God, and we have to stay strong one family of God. You know, we have to have that. Uh, you know, I look forward to that eternal, eternal reunion, and we have to have a reunion reunion every day, a reunion with our body and our mind, and with a reunion with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Good morning, good morning, or should I say good afternoon, or maybe good evening. You know, time zones just make life so much difficult for those of us who wish to try to communicate to people with some sort of normalcy. But as we look into the future and 
how we will communicate as the days grow long. We must look at this totally different from the way we ever looked at it before, that our lives are not like they were 14 months ago, where we think about people locally right around the corner. We can see our fine friends all around the world in the blink of an eye. And since that we can connect like that, I must appreciate it. And I do appreciate it. And on behalf of the platform on which you have chosen to connect to this piece of business, may I appreciate you. Would you do me a favor? Would you uh, go on over there and find how your platform is requiring you to make certain that you get these pieces of business each and every time they're released to the internet? Maybe that's like, maybe that's add, maybe that's follow, maybe that's subscribe. What that does, like I said, is it ensures that you are connected to me and I'm connected to you and we can deal in this meditation awesome sauce. And then, if you can, would you look at somebody in your phone, slide into their DMs, Facebook message, tweet them, it really doesn't matter, carry a pigeon. Can you just make sure they get this piece of business? That would also... That that would be the in the, the embodiment of awesome sauce. Well, today I want to uh, go back to something we used to do. If you're an OG around here, you know we used to do lyrical meditations. I want to do that in a second, and and the lyrical meditation that I've selected today kind of speaks to the heart of what I'm trying to promote in these streets as it pertains to spirituality, corporate connectivity, and also how you and I come together in this environment. Even though you may find yourself in India or China or Japan or Italy or Guatemala or Uzbekistan, if you can understand me in Uzbekistan, then you're an awesome sauce person. But whatever you are, we can be together. And we all serve and worship, or should I say, we're all connected to. I don't like serve and worship. That sounds slave, slavey, slavey. But we all connected to. We're all the friend and seek the guidance and the wisdom of the same creator. And we're going to do that today. First off, with this hymn that I found that I would like to read to you, if you don't mind here. Just sit back, relax, and... Let's do that. Then Mama Bell's going to play, and then we're going to go to John chapter 5, verse 2 through 9. We're going to do that. Okay? You, you got it? All right, just rewind it. It'll, it'll help you wherever I lost you. All right, let's do this. And uh, I said, you know, we ain't done one of these. We have not. Let me speak properly. We have not done one of these good hymns in a while. So I open this good hymnal up here. Mama Bell, I got a new hymnal. You so happy, you so proud of me. Oh, a new one. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's the Gather Third Edition Choir Edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a big one. It's got about almost a thousand songs in it. Oh my, it must be heavy. Yeah, oh yeah, it's very heavy. Very heavy. Well, the song that got my attention this morning was number 743 in this hymnal. It said, sing a new church. It said, summoned by the God who made us 
rich in our diversity gathered in the name of Jesus richer still in unity let us bring the gifts that differ and in splendor varied ways sing a new church into being one in faith and love and praise Radiant rising from the waters, robbed in holiness and light. Male and female in God's image, male and female, God's delight. Let us bring the gifts that differ and in splendid, varied ways sing a new church into being one in faith and love and praise. Trust the goodness of creation. Trust the spirit strong within. Dare to dream the vision. Promise sprung from seed of what has been. Let us bring the gifts that differ and in splendor varied ways. Sing a new church into being one in faith and love and praise. Bring the hopes of every nation. Bring the art of every race. Weave a song of peace and justice. Let it sound through time and space. And I'm going to go ahead and get this last verse out the way. It says, draw together at one table. That was Brother Dennis talking about here in a minute. All the human family shape a circle every wider and the people ever free. Let us bring the gifts that differ and in splendor varied ways sing a new church into being one in faith and love and praise. Mama Bell. Okay. Never heard that one before, but the words were great.
What a friend we have in Jesus. The gospel, the gospel according to John, chapter number five, verses two through nine. John, chapter number five verses 2 through 9 and it reads by the sheep gate in Jerusalem there is a pool called Bethesda in Hebrew which has five areas within these lay a large number of the sick blind, lamed and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water, because an angel would go down into the pool from time to time and stir up the water. Then the first one who got in after the water was stirred up recovered from whatever ailment he had. One man was there who had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm coming, someone goes ahead of me. Get up, Jesus told him. Pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man got well, picked up his mat, and started to walk. I want to focus on the thought process. It's Jesus. Just get up. To Jesus, just get up. Now, our kind Father, we thank you and we are very grateful for this opportunity to present your case today. And we ask that today we have the opportunity to say what has been destined for us to hear and destined for us to understand that we may have the chance to better ourselves and prepare for the next level that you have designed for us. We thank you for this time and all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 The Bible is one of those books that is very, very famous and also very, very controversial. It is a book that has been passed down through generations, through translations and various languages, 
generations. I think I said that. The King James Version, which most of us are familiar with, and some of us have lived and died by that version, was the text that was written by King James because he had a little encounter over in England. Before that, the Bible was translated in the Anglian text. And King James, because he had an issue with a woman and decided that he wanted to eliminate her from his life by law, not by anything else. And he went to the Pope at the time and asked for permission to divorce his wife. The Pope decided that that was not going to happen, and so King James excommunicated the Catholic Church from England. And in doing so, the English people found themselves needing a church. That is where you hear of the Church of England, which translated over into the struggles with America and the freedom of religion with no one organization having the right to dictate how we worship and celebrate our Father. This Bible, who, as I said, has been seriously looked at and analyzed through the most strenuous microscopes, there are many gurus of the Bible and members who spend some of their quality years down at the cemetery school analyzing the scriptures and the texts and debating what should or should not have been included into the scriptures. This should go there. That should not go there. As a matter of fact, when they put together the Bible that we know, there was a group of religious leaders who sat down and went through the various manuscripts, the Old Testament coming more so from the Hebrew side and the New Testament coming more so from the Greek side. They looked at it and put it together and they compiled these writings and stories and teachings and parables and what have you and thought that this was the text that we should use as a guide for our Christian walk. The Bible. Very interesting book. And then there are those who would take everything that I just mentioned there and use it as a batting ram to promote the idea of why the faith should not have any validity. This book, as I just mentioned, with all of its issues or tamperings, if you will, is a living proof that there are pieces missing from the scriptures, and because there are pieces missing from the scriptures, then the faith must not have accuracy. Well, if you want to hold that as a legitimate argument, you are free to do so. It's America. I'm not going to stop you. But before you go and criticize King James or any of the theological historians who have worked on the 
cultivating of this text. You must go over there to Brother John, around about the 21st chapter, all the way down there at the end of that book, 25, or verse 25, clause 25, tomato, tomato. Brother John says, listen, I understand how you feel. Brother John seemingly already had an erroneous vision. He already saw how this story went in, how this feud of biblical argumentation would come to fruition. He saw that seemingly in John chapter 21, and he decided to go ahead and put the kibosh on it and say, listen, if everything that happened was put in the scripture, if we wrote down every little detail, the world is not big enough to contain all of it. And so the Bible was condensed down to significant pieces, which brings me to my confusion this morning. Number one, you look at uh, this text, and you think about it from the perspective that we just laid, the table that we just prepared here some minutes ago. And since we know that these things are significant, these stories that are placed here, the only the, the, the top of the line, if you will, the best of the best in the best of Jesus, if you want to think of it that way, made it into this particular book or the Bible for that matter. How come? Out of all of the things that has gone on, you look at Nicodemus, if I can go back there. He made the Bible. He was supposed to have a secret meeting, you remember? He came to Jesus by night. That was supposed to be secret. But yet they notified him by name. Then you also know about Brother Jairus, who had an issue with his daughter. and He came. They notified or they mentioned him by name. But this guy, nobody was concerned about who he was. Nobody thought to even ask the young man what his name was. It's obvious why this man had no name if you want to really look at it from the argumentative standpoint of the theological discussionary piece. Yes, that makes sense in rich, high-faluted, educated people's minds. Because they would argue, well, if you look at it because of his stature, because of his place in society, it was not customary for the little people to have a name which also intrigues me because he was laying at this gate for 38 years. If the Bible or the writers of same did not deem him important enough to ask his name, then that makes sense to me why he had to lay at a gate for 38 years. 
because just like the writers of the Bible did not care who he was, the people who were surrounding him obviously did not care about his condition. Because if somebody had cared about him, there's no way someone would lay in a position for that long and not somebody do something about it. 38 years he had been laying at this gate. And then Jesus came along. And the good thing about Jesus that's fascinating to me and somewhat strange as you really look at him and compare it to the faith that we know. He came by and he looked at this man and he knew. This this guy's been here a while. It was obvious that he had been here for some time. Now, before you go, well, of course Jesus knew because he's God, and God knows everything. But go back to the writer. He said he had been laying there for 38 years. So they did not take the time to find his name, but they knew how long he had been there. Somebody knew this man, and somebody just decided to ignore him. 38 years he had been laying there. And then Jesus comes along, as I said, and he looks at him, and he just asks him a question. He says, don't you want to do better? Will thou be made whole? Now, there are other pieces to this that I did omit. Please forgive me for doing so. Because some would argue in the theological realm that this is a metaphor. This speaking or this person who has been here at this gate for 38 years it symbolizes many members of our society. I will argue that because this person is almost like a spokesman for the populace of people who have been laid at the proverbial gates of depression, laid at the proverbial gates of unemployment, laid at the proverbial gates of wasted opportunity and, dare I say, even missed opportunity, laying there 38 years. Don't you want to do better? Why are you still working three and four jobs when there's an opportunity over there? Don't you see it? Of course you know that, right? Don't you know that you can go out and pursue those ideas that's in your head? Don't you know that you was made for a greater moment in time than this? Don't you know that 
just laying around being depressed and angry and scared all your life is is don't you know that you can don't you want better than that but the man has a response to Jesus and before I get upset with him I had to process it because this gentleman was obviously a product of his environment and seeing as this was written in John, it's another obvious point that this was long before the Apostle Paul came along and began to teach on the art of nonconformity. So he just fell in line with his circumstance. I was on Facebook some time ago. I don't remember the timeline. You know how I am in time. And I was scrolling through and I came across the post, and in coming across that post, it was from a gentleman that I went to high school with, I want to say, I'm vaguely remembering the individual at this time, please forgive me, but I remember that post like it was yesterday. I read it, and it was almost like from reading it, it was a proverbial knife that had just ran through my very soul and just carved it out. It said, I have dreams. I can see a better way. I can see a bright, shiny day. But you know what? My dreams and my better way doesn't keep the lights on. So I'm just going to throw my dreams away. How many Find people, when you sit down and talk to them and ask them in a perfect world what they would do, and they can tell you these marvelous ideas of the books they would write, of the songs they would sing, of the tours they would go on, the inventions that they have that they feel would make the world a better place. They would teach and lecture, they would go on to do space exploration, all of these things that are deep inside of the brain, but you see, any time they get ready to go, somebody pushes them back. One girl was telling me the other day, she was telling me a story of someone that she had met in the neighborhood. And she was saying, this young lady is so talented. She is so talented, it's not funny how talented she is. And we would sit down and we would talk and we would talk for hours and hours and hours at a time. And she'd get excited and motivated and get up. And the moment she got excited and motivated and she got up, something would happen and it would knock her back down again. It's kind of like a car that won't hold a charge. You ever met one of them cars or had one of them cars, should I say? You would take the car out and you would jump start it and click it over and turn it and the car would run fine as long as it was on the charge, but the moment 
that charge came off the car. Because the reality of it is that car was riding off of a fresher battery, off of a stronger system than it had. And as long as that system was connected to it, that car would run. But the moment that that system disconnected itself, the car would shut right off. And this young lady found herself in the same situation as long as she was in the presence positive people, as long as she was in the presence of motivated people, as long as she was in the presence of folks who was trying to do something with their lives, her car engine would run. But the moment that she was forced to go back, it would shut right down. 38 years this man had been at the gate. He had to have been a Christian because he knew where to come and get healing. He knew that this was the area where God operated. The angel would come down periodically and stir the water. So he had to have faith that if he got in the pool, that God would do something for him. I mention that because as much as I am for our constant need to preach the message of salvation to people. You should do that. If you were to die tonight, would you wake up in heaven? That is a wonderful question that I hope everybody has the answer to within your own mind. But, you see, I've always argued it's a 50-50 shot. And even though I do not believe that you should gamble with your eternal destinational plans, I still question, what is the next step if I do not die tonight? A whole lot of folks came to our churches, and they walked down the aisles, and they checked the box, gave the preacher their hand and the deacon their membership card, and then marched off to the back to put on the nice little robe with the floaters so that they can take a nice proverbial swim in the pool. They were raised in sin, or buried, should I say, in sin. I might have got it right the first time, but that's all right. They were supposed to be buried in sin and raised to walk. It's supposed to be in the newness of life, but the reality of it is when they're raised, they walk. And for the most part, they're never really heard of again because they're walking back into their situation. It's almost like this virus that we've been fighting this last 14 and a half months. It's easy to get salvation through the vaccinations. But what is a vaccination going to do if you're going back to a COVID-infested home? What is a vaccination going to do if everyone around you is infected beyond measure? At some point, you are straining your vaccination. And I believe that when we operate off of a 
only get them saved mentality, you force them to go back into an infested situation, and it strains on their spiritual vaccination. And then they go back down into the dumps for 38 years. They were laying here. The other thing that fascinates me, and we'll get to that a little bit later, I promise. As I said, he had to have been a Christian. He had to have been. But why did no one else think about this man? How did everybody know, including the writers of this text, how long he had been there? Didn't that not bother anybody? I must reiterate that. Does it not bother people when we are struggling? He had no person to put him in the pool. He was sick for 38 years. If only he had some proper health care. That would have healed him, but he didn't. No doctor wanted to see him because his insurance plan wouldn't cover his needs, so he was laying at the gate for 38 years. If only he had got his medicine, but he couldn't because the prescription drug was so high that he couldn't afford to take the pills, so he was laying at the gate for 38 years. Why else was he sick? Because he was a person that was fleeing another nation that was infested with sickness and disease only to come here and to have certain high folks say, we do not believe in charity. We believe in taking people in who are going to follow by our God-given laws and are going to do what we want to do and read our Bibles and hold their thumbs up with their guns. But if you want to come in in another text, no, 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 no. That's not the people that we want. 38. And so how do you expect the man not to respond the way that he did? Any person under those conditions would respond in a negative way. Even Christians would respond if you've been kicked at and beat at and rolled around the floor for 38 years. It's hard to get faith when you've been spit on for that long, when you've been passed over. I don't believe that he was angry with God. Nothing in the text would suggest that. But there might have been a little self-doubt in his fellow brothers and sisters who share his faith. But here's the point that I want to mention as I rush on to my close. Out of all of that that happened, all that's going through his mind, Jesus comes up and He's frustrated. He's obviously frustrated because he doesn't take time to figure out what's wrong with the man. He said, don't you want to do something better? You know something else he don't do? He don't take out his Bible and find him a nice text that's appropriate for the subject and accompany that with three points and a conclusion. He doesn't do that. No, no. He doesn't have time to preach. As a matter of fact, nothing else is said. 
from the mouth of Jesus other than do you want to do it and then get up and walk. Is that all Jesus said? We don't know that. I don't know. But you know what I do know? It didn't make the Bible. So whatever else was said between that obviously was not important. Do you want to get better? Of course that is a good suggestion. Of course that is a good idea. If only I didn't have all these problems. Then Jesus comes along. He says, okay, look here. I didn't heard it. We didn't discuss it. Actually, you discussed it. I just asked you a question. You gave me an answer. Now here's what you do. Just get up. Now, here is where it gets tricky because it's easy to get caught up in religiosity and say, yes, he got up and Mama Bell would go if she was in a, a good church where it's got one of them hammering organs and then she can get behind the preacher as he starts to take a tune and roll us on out of here. But the thing that bothered me here is he said, get up, take up your bed. But that part not significant, just the part, get up. Now, how did the man know that it would work? He had to try. And the reason why I believe this man just got up is because Jesus was the only one that just came and told him to do it. He didn't come and sit down and swine or swim, should I say, in this pity party. He didn't come down and feed him the talk of the day. He just looked down and first he acknowledged his problem. He heard his pain. And number three, he addressed his need. Nobody had ever done that for him before. Nobody had ever even acknowledged he existed, not alone cared about why he was there. But this one man came along, and not only did he acknowledge him, not only did he care, but he wanted to solve his problem. And I just wonder what would happen if many of our brothers and sisters in our world, number one, realized, A, that we acknowledge them, B, that we're concerned about their problem and see that we're willing to do something about it. What would happen if when they come to our churches, we don't just give them a basket at Thanksgiving and a nice little cookie and a backpack to go back to school, but what if we invested in their dreams? Don't you want to get better? Come on over here. What they're paying you down at the Walmart, seven twenty-five. Come on over here and make the church bulletin. We'll pay you that. 
What are they, what are they paying you down there to sell them drugs? Come over here, we'll grow some vegetables. We grow vegetables in the garden out back, and the church gets 20%, and you get the rest. What, what happened? They were not just demonized as worthless people who don't want to get a job, but we looked at what really is the problem. A four-year degree from an Ivy League institution, and all they can do is bag groceries down at the supermarket. I know friends of mine who, when you call them, because you have little friends running through your house. You know those friends, the little rodent friends. And they come by and they put on their little dirt suits and they crawl around the muck and marrow of your foundation and pull out the rats and the roaches and take them away from your home so that you are not bothered by those pesky friends. Those people, some of them, got college degrees. but it's the best that they can do. What if we spoke to their needs? How many people would not just come to church but would see that Jesus is worth it? I strongly believe this man did not get up because he believed he could walk. He obviously knew he couldn't. He ain't been doing it for 38 years. But somebody that treated him differently from anybody else told him he could. And so he decided to give it a try. This morning, as Brother Dennis, we're going to ask you to do this for us this morning. Give grandmother a break. Grandmother is having some issues she's dealing with this morning, so we'll give her a break this morning. Brother Dennis, we're going to ask you if you pray for us here in a minute. My prayer this morning, not just for you, I ask for this for me. That when we try and the situations hit us, whether it's your physical conditions, your financial conditions, whether it's just everyday life that tries to distract your purpose and your plan, I ask and I hope that somewhere deep down inside you will find that friend what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God. And when you do, I believe that he will speak to you in ways that nobody else can. He will encourage you in ways that nobody else can. 
I've experienced that in my life. There have been times when I just want to lay there in my pity party. Why you want to lay there? Why you want to get angry? You don't want to do that. Yes, I do. I want to be mad. No, you don't. You don't want to be mad. You want to get up and you want to move on. That's what you want to do. Come on. There have been many times that I have laid there in my pity party and I felt it. Why Why are you laying here? You're just wasting time. Get up. Move on. So what they talked about you? Move on. So what they left you? Move on. Yes, you may have a limitation in this regard, but look what you can do over here. Move on. Get up. Move on. May that be our prayer today. We would just get up. It's Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus down in my soul. For I have touched the hem of his garment. And because of his blood, I can get up and be made whole. Father God, we just thank you for the word this morning. We thank you for what you told us and how we uh, can change our lives. Sometimes simply just by getting up, you know, as Jesus told the man at the, uh, the pole, you know, sometimes you've got to take that first step. And uh, it's not always easy. And we don't know what's on the other side of that first step. As that man, I'm sure he had no idea what... Uh, what was ahead of his in his life but he took that first step we have to take that first step every day when we get up we step up stand up and take that first step but let's take that first step with the guidance of who of jesus lord we just thank you again for the word we heard we thank you for the opportunity to come together as a group of, of believers and to worship you to worship you and and improve ourselves and our lives but give us the strength to improve others' lives uh, with, uh, with, with our testimonies and with your word. Give us the strength to be who you want us to be. We just thank you. We just offer our lives as a living sacrifice. We offer uh, up to you just everything that belongs to uh, of us because it belongs to you. Lord, just give us... Just give us the health and the strength and the power. And if, if uh, any one of us in, in this group need a little special hand, I know that you can put that on us, that you can lay your hand on us, that you can stand up and say, stand up, let's go. It's time to be who God wants you to be. And uh, also that God can heal anything that's going on in your life. He can give you the power to succeed and the power to overcome. Lord, we just thank you again for what you've done for us today. We thank you that uh, we can come to you, not just on Sunday, but every day, and just thank you and ask you and just praise you. Again, thank you for what you make us and give us the strength to be that person that just gets us. Lord, amen and amen. 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 Amen.